Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Here to talk some National Hockey League action with us from our uh, own outlet, CBSSports.com, Pete Blackburn, NHL Insiders, with us. Pete, Jody Mack here. How are you, bud? I'm good. How are you? Good. Uh, are you going to be north of the border at all at any point in these next uh, two months? I do not believe so. Okay. That's part of the problem with some of this coverage. And, hey, they got to do what they got to do. And most important is getting the games in. And they probably made the best decision how to get the games in because Canada is in a better position to be host than cities here in the U.S., Agree or disagree that Bettman made the right call as to how to break out and restart his sport by taking both the East and the West to two Canadian hubs? Well, I think if you want to see it played through to the end, he probably made the right choice. Uh, I think that if I had to guess, he didn't want both uh, both cities to be north of the border. Uh, from everything that I heard, they were locked in on Vegas from the very beginning, and they really wanted to go to Vegas, and all the players really wanted to go to Vegas, which is no surprise there. Um, but they just they didn't feel comfortable doing it based off of you know some of the spikes recently. So uh, just for the sake of being able to play through to the end and playing the numbers game, they decided that Canada was a smarter choice. And I think he did it just right, and... I'm guessing that's why it took so long. I gave Bettman all the praise in the world for when he came out first. He was the first one to come back with a complete plan in place. Already got CBA things worked out. The only thing he didn't have was where they were going to do it. And he took his sweet time naming the two cities. And I was like, well, now MLB set, now NBA set. Well, at some point, hockey's going to tell us where they're going to play. I'm guessing what you just stated is the reason that why he took so long. He was hoping to land a uh, hub city here in the U.S., and it just never came to fruition. Yeah, I think that that's exactly what happened. I mean, they, they named, uh, they named I think it was, the number was 13 right off the bat. They were like, we'll consider these 13 cities. Uh, and then they went through them, and I think they just monitored the numbers, monitored sort of the interest level of the players and, and what those cities were able to pitch to them. And they sort of went through the process and, and didn't rush it, and it, they ended up where they are. And I think that you know we can look at it and say that uh, the two cities north of the border probably present the the safest and sort of most logical places to go to to play this thing through to the end. 
All right. The NBA and the NHL are always compared because their seasons are uh, close to mirror images. The NHL usually starts a little earlier and finishes a little earlier, but they're played at relatively the same time during the course of the year. They're the two quote-unquote winter sports. They're going about it a little bit differently. Number one, it's only one location instead of two. And the NBA, because they had more regular season games left on their schedule when it got shut down, felt the need, and don't kid yourself, television revenue had something to do with this, uh, but felt the need to finish off the season, whereas the NHL didn't. How difficult is it going to be for the NHL to just jumpstart in the postseason? I think it's extremely difficult, and I also think that it's it, there's so much randomness to, to playoff hockey to begin with, so to... To throw a five-game series in for a lot of these teams right off the bat, and you know they're playing a, a couple of uh, exhibition games, but I mean, make no mistake about it, those exhibition games are going to be quite messy, and they're certainly not going to bring these teams fully up to speed. So the fact that they have to play a best-of-five series of, of playoff hockey after four or five months, whatever it is, of this this long of a break, there's going to be an extremely strong factor of randomness. And I think that it's going to bite a couple of teams that might be better on paper, uh, more better than their opponent and their opponent's going to win. And, you know, that's just kind of the way it is. I had my buddy Edzo, Eddie Olchek on a couple of weeks ago, and he said that he thinks that the teams that are playing in this first round, not the ones that are playing for seeding top four, Eastern conference, Western conference, those who have a first Around uh, uh, first a round of playoffs to start are actually at an advantage when it comes to the second round because they'll have played competitive, really die, live or die type games, uh, win or go home type games. Whereas the seeding round, what are you really playing for? One to four, you're going to get a, little, a better seed, but there are no home ice advantages here. And he actually thought it was a disservice to the top four teams. I think you stated it well, the randomness of NHL playoffs. Yeah, if you win after you get through that first round, but there's no given that you're going to get through that first round, I would certainly rate being in the seeding round above having to actually play series round. Would you not, or are you the same with me on that, or do you uh, agree with my esteemed hockey colleague, Mr. Olchuk? I mean, I do agree with Edzo. I think that there is that's a, a legitimate point. I think that you know the teams that are playing up to five games of just legitimate playoff hockey and going full speed and icing their full lineups are going to ha- come in with more of a, a head of steam than these the teams in the, in the round robin who are probably going to be resting players. They're going to be rotating them in and out, and you know the intensity level is not going to be up to par of the guys in the in the playing round and the games in the playing round. But, you know, speaking as a, as a fan, if, you know, if I'm a fan of a team that's, uh, you know, in the, the round robin, I'm totally cool with that. I, I'm, I'm totally cool with not being in the playing round, especially given that randomness factor. I don't want my team after five months off uh, to jump into a five game series of playoff hockey. Absolutely not. You never know what's going to happen there. So, uh, you know, I, I'll take the, uh, the, the quote unquote first round by, and, you know, hope that it doesn't take too long for these, these guys to get up to speed. Now, uh, the NHL had 
basically completed the season, had a handful of games left, and I think the teams uh, painted themselves as the top squads as per their points in both conferences. Did any team benefit from the three-month break? Was there a team that had a relative number of injuries that they got over or uh, just needed the downtime? I'm sure you've investigated all 22 teams. Is there one that benefited more than any others uh, by the fact that this comes with a three-month, three-and-a-half-month schedule break right in the middle of it this season? Yeah, I think there are there are a few teams that that certainly benefited health wise. Uh, one that I look at off the off the jump is Columbus Blue Jackets. I mean, they they were without Seth Jones, who's one of the best defensemen in the league. Um, they were kind of trailing off at the end of the regular season, and it looked like they were probably going to miss the playoffs. Um, you look at the New York Rangers; they built up a ton of momentum to get back into the race, um, but they sort of started to fade off. They probably would have missed the playoffs as well. Um, and then the Pittsburgh Penguins; Jake Gensel had what we thought was season-ending injury um, earlier in the year, and they had to go out and they, they got Jason Zucker at the, the trade deadline to help replace him. Now they're going to have both those guys in the lineup when they come back. So, uh, they're, you know, Dougie Hamilton uh, for the Carolina Hurricanes as well, he was a, a Norris candidate in the first half of the year before uh, breaking his leg. So uh, he's going to be back, presumably. So a lot of these teams are going to get guys back that they didn't think that they would have back this season. So... Um, that that big gap of time and that big recovery time is going to help some of these teams. How much is coaching going to play into this? I know it's always big, but is it more so, less so, or exactly the same entering into any Stanley Cup postseason season, uh, this one being different than anything we've ever seen before? What uh, effect does coaching have on it? I think it's always huge, like you mentioned, but um, it's probably going to be a, a little more important this year, I'd imagine, just based off of um, getting the, the correct lines together and, and seeing you know what you have in, in practice in this limited amount of time with these guys together and just utilizing that time appropriately to get your team fully up to speed. And then once the game starts, obviously – Rotating these guys in and out as is appropriate with their conditioning and as is as is appropriate with how they're uh, adjusting from the time off and, and how they're sort of adapting to maybe you're throwing guys together that, that haven't played together in, in quite a long time. So I think the coaching is going to be a little bit more important this year uh, than, in, than in usual years. Here's one thing that I've heard, and by the way, we're talking to Pete Blackburn, CBSSports.com, NHL Insider here with us on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, talked to a couple of guys in a couple of sports, which would include basketball and uh, uh, with hockey, with the fact that they're playing basically on the road now for the rest of the year, and they're together as a group, and they're all basically living together on the same floor and whatever hotel they are and going back and forth from the arena as a group rather than hopping into their own car and going home. A couple of guys have said to me, camaraderie may be able to balance out a team having a significant advantage in talent. We know every single series you come into, you roster, you analyze both rosters, you determine who you think has the more talented of the two rosters. Yeah, who's hot, who's not, that's a factor too, but you always look at uh, who's got the best team on paper. They said to me, camaraderie, because in the NBA and the NHL, they're both going to be hunkering down as a unit, may actually be more important. 
If you agree with that, tell me if you do or don't. And secondly, is there a team that may have an edge in that that could actually lift them when their talent isn't equivalent to some of the other teams going into the postseason? Yeah, I think there's there's a there's an element of truth to that. I could definitely see that happening, especially with uh, you know I think the quality of play is going to be taken down a few notches because of one the, the the time off. You know that's that's an obvious. These guys haven't played competitive hockey in in months. Uh, and number the ice quality. Uh, we're playing in the middle of the summer. It's going to be hot. I know that the league do everything they can to to mitigate that and combat that. But there's only so much you can do. I think that there is going to be a, a drop in, in quality of play and because of the ice, the ice uh, that they're playing on. So when you talk about you know, some of these higher, higher talented teams being dropped down a few pegs, then you are looking at com- camaraderie making maybe a little bit of a difference. Um, but you know, if, we're, if we're talking about who might have the advantage there, you know, I don't know. That's kind of subject- subjective, I guess. But, you know, I would feel good about a team like the Bruins. I'm from Boston, but like you got a team there that was in the Stanley Cup final last year. Very much uh, the same core and the same group of guys um, going back into into the playoffs again this year. And, and you know, knowing that they sort of have a limited window, I think the camaraderie is really strong there. Um, and you know, you, you also have the St. Louis Blues. They won the Stanley Cup last year, and, and they had that incredible run. Um, you know, they have largely the same group back there as well. So uh, those are two teams that I think would be strong in that department. I heard somebody make a point about the ice situation, the quality of the ice, which I thought was great. They said it's kind of a good news, bad news, good news, bad news thing. Good news is that they are playing in Canada. If they were playing in Florida or Arizona, COVID uh, breakouts aside, it's a lot hotter in uh, the southern U.S. than it is north of the border. Uh, So that'll bring the temperature down a little sun. uh, Some, the bad news is July and August or July and August everywhere. Good news is they're playing in empty buildings. And a lot of times, just that 18,000 people heading inside is just going to naturally bring down the temperature of the room, and it's going to be empty, so that's good news. Bad news is that they're going to be playing game on top of game on top of game because they've got to get so many games scheduled in so they're going to have numbers of games every day in the building. So I think we just have to wait and see what the ice is like when they get there. Uh, don't know the answer to this question. Don't know if you do either, so that's why I'll ask. Toronto is in of the 22 teams. They are in the Eastern Conference qualifiers, uh, 24 teams, excuse me. Uh, on the other side, you've got um, Edmonton, who is also postseason bound. Are they quarantined? Are they locked into ho- hotels, or are they allowed to go back to their regular homes during this time? I don't know for sure, um, but I I would be led to believe that um, they are not going to be able to stay at home. Whether it's you know, I don't think that they're going to be able to you know swap cities or whatever just based off of the you know the, the conference format. They're going to have to play in, in their home building, I believe. But I I think that they're going to have to stay in the same hotel as all the other teams um, and, and be sort of uh, holed up there because. There's just too much of a competitive advantage for, you know, it's maybe small, but it is, you know, significant where guys going home to sleep in their own bed at night yeah. after, after playing, is that is an advantage. That is a mental advantage to those teams. So, uh, you know, Gary Bettman has said in, in, in the past that 
that's going to have to be taken care of and that they're going to try to mitigate that as much as possible. And so I, I really don't think that those teams are going to be able to go home at night and, and sleep in their own beds. All right, last thing, uh, and I'm going to ask you to give me two answers here. What is going to be the thing that we're talking about as the coolest thing about these different style playoffs that were coming up on the NHL. Uh, you can take the definition of the word, word, word cool anywhere you want. And what is the one thing that everyone will be bitching about afterwards? A round in, two rounds in, maybe not even all the way till the final, but at some point somebody is going to go absolutely nuts because it didn't work out the way that was envisioned. Give me one positive, one negative here with the NHL playoffs before they ever get underway. Uh, I think that, that there's going to be an opportunity for, for broadcast sort of innovation uh, with, with no, no crowds there. Uh, you know, I, I know that Gary Bettman said that they're jumping up the number of average cameras in the building by like more than a dozen. So they're going to have sort of new broadcast angles and things like that. So maybe there's something to take from that where you say, well, that's really cool. Hopefully they keep that moving forward, you know, whether it maybe players are mic'd up and, and things like that. Um, we'll see. But you know, as far as the negatives, I mean, hockey fans will always find a way to complain about something. <laughs> um, so, uh, I, you know, I, I don't know what it will be. I, I imagine that the quality of play is going to tick a lot of people off. And, um, you know, it, it's going to be tough to watch at certain points. But, you know, I don't know if that's necessarily what's going to get everybody complaining. Based off of what, what we saw last year, it's probably going to be officiating because the officiating last year was absolutely horrendous start to finish um it, it, it honestly you would you would think that it couldn't be worse than it was last year but we live in 2020 and everything uh, seems to be worse than anybody could imagine so uh maybe it's the officiating again this year all right now you uh forced me to ask you one more question if you do or don't know baseball i've been watching a lot of baseball since it got restarted Umpires are wearing masks. Of course, the home plate umpire always wears a mask, but the base umpires are wearing masks as well because they don't really exert a lot of energy. Hockey officials surely do. They skate the entire time. Do you expect the referees to be wearing masks, or will they, like the players, be allowed to choose if they so uh, desire? Yeah, I think that they'll be they'll be allowed to choose, I would imagine, because, I mean, those, those guys are going to be get, getting tested every day, too, just like the players, so... Um, I think that they'll probably have sort of the same protocol as players, and they'll be, you know, they'll have the choice. Pete, good stuff. Appreciate you coming on board. Get ready to get back to work, buddy. Hell yeah, I'm ready. Thanks for you having me. You got it. Pete Blackburn, CBSSports.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.